Welcome to the Serialized Short Story Podcast, Secrets Out, by Christopher Chapman. Secrets Out is performed by the author. You can pre-order Secrets Out as an ebook that will play on Kindle, Nook, Kobo, and any iDevice you can get your hands on by going to goingpostalpublishing.com and clicking on the store link. Listener discretion is advised. There are adult situations, violence, and naughty words your mother wouldn't want you repeating to your neighbor. And now, the story continues. Congratulations. You've just discovered the best podcast in the world, the Going Postal Cast. I am your host, Christopher Chapman, author extraordinaire and all-around awesome guy. Hope all of you are doing well. I am doing fantastic. It has been a long week. A very frustrating week, but an awesome week nonetheless. I have been going through my my hip therapy, trying to get everything back on track after having this little labral tear issue. Have been working out a ton, trying to get my weight down, trying to get my my hip strengthened. Because one of the awesome ways of fixing a hip is to get the entire area strengthened, and that's what I'm doing. But that's not the only great thing this past week. If you haven't been able to tell already, I sound probably a little bit different. I'm recording this on a new microphone. This is a microphone I picked up off of Amazon. And yes, I did click through the website. And so testing it out, giving it a... This is the first time I did a little bit of recording on one of the stories this past week when I had some time. But right now, this is the first time I'm really getting to record, record, and do this kind of intro with all of you. Hopefully I'm sounding good. The one thing I notice about this microphone as opposed to my old microphone is it picks up a lot of ambient noise. And since I don't have one of those nice recording booths or a closet to hide in and suppress all of the surrounding sound, it is picking up on a lot of stuff. So hopefully my audacity will do a good job of removing some of this background ambient noise. Enough about that. It is time to get into the next episode of the Goaling Postal Cast. This is Secrets Out. This is the story, the short story, I Am Villain. This is part two of three. So we will be back next week with another episode of I Am Villain. But this is part two, and this is going to have to do uh, or deal with the the villain's uh, rise to power, basically. So, without boring you too much, let's get into the story. This is I Am Villain, Part 2. Nobody knew who he was or where he came from. He had certainly never been around up to that point. There was no reason to believe that there was anybody in the world, let alone Crystal City, that could stand up to me and the power I had. I sent a group of my men to the laboratory on Fisher Street to steal the plans for the new lasers they developed when he showed up for the first time. Being the powerful man I was, I wasn't in the building when he struck, but I saw the coverage on CNN, which was taken from the surveillance cameras throughout the building. The video showed two of my men, weapons drawn, trying to obtain the plans from a group of scientists that didn't look particularly brave. 
They were more than willing to give up the plans after they'd seen three of their security staff killed without mercy right in front of them. That's how I worked. I wanted them to fear us and did so by killing anybody that needed to in front of those who held what I wanted. It seemed to create a certain amount of fear within them that always motivated them to give me what I wanted in less time than it normally would under other circumstances. Everything was going the way it was supposed to. The scientists had already given up the plans as they were supposed to. All my men had to do was leave the laboratory, and everything would have gone according to plan. Then I saw the blur. I wasn't sure at first what I had seen. I hadn't seen the beginning of the news coverage, meaning that I hadn't seen the CNN anchor tell me all about him. I had to be introduced later, while watching that video. The blur was green and yellow, much like the football team I followed when I was a kid. It came out of nowhere, rushing through the screen, taking out my men as though they were nothing more than ants. The blur slowed just long enough to reveal that it was a man. One of my men managed to get off a shot, but it had no effect on the man, who picked him up and tossed him aside as though he weighed the same as a small rabbit. When he tossed my man, it was the only chance I had to see what this man looked like. He was wearing primarily all green, with yellow boots and a cape. Yes, the man was wearing a cape. At first I thought I was seeing things, but I wasn't. The man was really wearing a cape. I'd never seen anything like it before. I asked the man who was standing next to me if he'd seen the cape as well. Oh, uh, yeah, he replied. Is this some kind of gay guy or something? I didn't answer. There was no need to. Even though we both could see it, we didn't quite believe what we'd seen. The screen cut to a woman with a large smile on her face. As you can see, she said, the criminals were apprehended. They were brought to the nearest police station, where they have been arrested and are awaiting charges from the district attorney. I picked up the telephone to call the district attorney, who was on my payroll, and would let them go as quickly as they were brought in. She continued, the man you see on the screen, the man wearing the green and yellow tights, had identified himself as Boom Man. Boom Man? She continued. On behalf of all of the citizens in Crystal City, thank you, Boom Man. I turned off the television. I'd seen enough. Boom Man. The man was a Halloween costume on display, and he'd bested three of my men easily. One had shot at him and possibly hit him with no effect. What was this world coming to when criminals couldn't get away with crime? It didn't make any sense. That night I was properly introduced to the man who called himself Boom Man. He arrived at my mansion just after nine that evening, as I was getting ready for bed. It had been a long day, and I was looking forward to getting it over with. I hadn't planned on missing any sleep, even after things hadn't exactly gone according to plan. I made it a point to not get too worked up when things went wrong, even though it hadn't happened too often up to that point. I imagine that's why Boom Man decided to pay me a visit. I saw him standing outside on my front lawn from my kitchen window as I was grabbing a drink out of the refrigerator. I went to the porch, looking down at Boom Man as he stood like a statue, looking up at me. How'd you get here? 
I asked. Don't you know that it's illegal to be on private property? Don't you know it's wrong to run a criminal operation? He asked back, his voice surprisingly pompous. I don't know what you're talking about, I replied, playing it coy. I had no intention of telling him anything except what I wanted him to know. Before I took your men to jail, I had a few minutes alone with them. With a little persuasion, they told me everything. They told me all about your operation. I see, Boom Man, I said, wondering why he was standing there and not doing more. So, are you here to arrest me? I waited to see if he'd make a move. He didn't, just as I'd expected. You see, I'm not really sure where you're from, but there's something in this town that's needed more than anything else. Evidence. I'm going to assume that you don't have nothing more than the words of common criminals trying to make a deal to get out of jail time. You're right, Boo Man said, his voice commanding. I don't have any evidence. Yet. He paused, letting the words sink in. I hated him already. I promise you that as soon as I have enough evidence to put you away, I'll be back. I look forward to it, I said. I honestly meant that. Now, I suggest you leave my property before I call the police. I'd be happy to, he said. Then he did something I believed was impossible. He flew. He moved up into the air, then flew away at speeds faster than any helicopter I'd seen. He was moving fast enough that I believed he could have rivaled many jets. That was my first encounter with Boom Man. It wouldn't be the last. My battles with Boom Man became that of legend over the next few years. Each and every time I came up with a more devious plan to steal some vital item from within the city, he was there to thwart me. Every time one of my men decided he wanted to rob a bank, whether with or without my knowledge, he was there. He was always there. To say that Boom Man didn't bring out the best of me would be a lie. He absolutely pushed me to become more creative each and every time I attempted one of my plans. I also had the task of trying to find weakness, for he didn't seem to have any. I discovered early on that he was impervious to bullets. One of my men found that out the hard way. They fired a bullet at him, only to have it ricochet directly back at him. That man will never see the inside of prison because the bullet severed his spine, forcing him into a wheelchair for the rest of his life. He currently resides in a nursing home, being tended to 24 hours a day. I found out about his strength soon after that, after trapping him within a wall of concrete. He broke through the wall as if it were made of tissue paper. By this point, I was becoming frustrated. I already knew about his fast running ability, as well as his ability to fly. To top it off, he was able to create sonic booms that would render you immobile. This was undoubtedly where his name had come from. I searched long and hard for a weakness, all the while remaining out of the spotlight, making sure that it wasn't me he would come after after one of my plans failed. He always knew it was me, but still didn't have the evidence to put me away. I made sure that my hands were clean. I was running out of men. Some of them deserted, while others had been thrown behind bars because of his relentless pursuit of justice. At first, 
I thought he was a science experiment gone awry. I couldn't think of another explanation for how a human being could be as strong as he was. I hadn't thought of another reason. He wasn't from this planet. Wendy Dunning, lead writer for the Crystal City Daily News, was the one that broke the news story. She was the one that he'd taken a shining to, allowing her to give his one and only interview. Needless to say, I read that story from front to back, looking for any piece of information I could that would help me in defeating him. As it would turn out, the article was nothing but a fluff piece, telling me all about where he'd come from and his interests. I thought it sounded more like the center of a playboy, as opposed to real journalism. The one thing that I learned was that he was from a planet far from Earth called Yamsra. He told Wendy that it had taken 13 years for him to travel from his home world to Earth, which had been destroyed by an unstoppable force. It appeared as though he were alluding to something that he was aware of, yet came off as some sort of victim. I found that information about his planet very interesting, but there was little I could do with it because I didn't know the first thing about interstellar space travel. If I had the capability, I would have found a way to properly discover what had destroyed his world, and maybe found a way to use it against him. Anything that powerful could have been of great use to me. Oh well, you win some and you lose some. It was after this article that I decided to get to know Miss Dunning a little better. I paid her a visit, arriving at her apartment with three of my finest men while she was away. I waited for her in the cover of darkness until she arrived a bag of groceries in each of her arms. She shrieked when she turned on the lights and saw me. At first I was offended. Then I realized that she was just a frightened girl that didn't know how to react when meeting someone who was as important as I. Then again, it might have also been something to do with the fact that I was hiding out in her apartment with three men that couldn't have been the nicest looking when those lights came on. I'm actually surprised that she didn't piss herself in fear. What do you want? she asked, her eyes large and fear-filled. I don't know who you are. Don't you dare think that I won't scream if you try to do anything to me. My dear lady, I said in my calmest voice, I'm not here to harm you. I'm just here seeking information. Information? she asked, laughing. What kind of information could you possibly need from me? What could be so important that you'd break into my apartment with three thugs behind you? I want to know more about somebody that you seem to know very well. I want to know what you know about Boom Man. Boom Man? She asked, sounding genuinely surprised. Yes, it seems that Boom Man has taken a liking to you, and I wish to know if he told you something, anything, that didn't make it into that news story. Why should I tell you anything? Boom Man is the best thing to happen to the city in a long time. Crime is down, but I know that affects you greatly. Miss Dunning, don't you find it the slightest bit strange that our city, hell, our entire planet, now has a massive crush on an alien from another world? Our hopes and fears are now in his hands. I don't know about you, but that little fact makes me as nervous as hell. What would happen if he decided he wanted to change directions, making us work for him instead of him helping us? He's like a god, for goodness sakes. 
do you think that any of us could stop him if he wanted to go into a store and try on a few high-dollar watches? Do you think our military could stop him if he wanted to go work for the Chinese or the Russians instead? I became silent, letting the words sink in. I could tell I was giving her something to think about. That's an awful lot of power for any one person, or alien for that matter, to possess. Everybody and everything has weaknesses. It's how Mother Nature prevents us from getting too big for our own britches. And keeps us level-headed. It makes us human. Boom Man would never turn on us, she said, her voice filled with rage. He's a good soul that just wants to help. He never asked for these powers. They didn't develop until he'd already been on this planet for eight years. He was given a choice at that very moment and decided to put them to good use rather than use the gifts he was given for evil the way you have. The words were intended to sting, but they didn't. Not at all. I knew who I was and had made peace with it a long time ago. There was nothing she could say about me I didn't already know. Nor could it hurt me. In that way, I was more powerful than Boom Man could ever be. The things she'd said did carry weight in other ways. She'd actually given some insight that might prove to be useful down the road, as well as let me know about why she believed in him the way she had. I think you protest too much, my dear, I said. You actually have feelings for the alien. Her eyes dropped to the floor with this revelation. It doesn't matter. I don't blame you. Boo Man is very handsome. My right hand went to the scar on my face. Much more handsome than a man such as myself. I paused, actually feeling a slight sting. My scar was my one weakness. Anybody could say anything they wanted about me, but the scar still had an impact. I just hope he appreciates all the gifts he was given. I stood and walked to her taking the groceries from her arms. I brought them further into her apartment, placing them onto the kitchen counter. I even pulled the milk from the bag and placed it into the fridge before heading towards the exit. I gave her a smile on the way out, to which she shuddered. I laughed at this. Thank you, Miss Dunning, I said as I passed her. You've been more helpful than you can imagine. Have a wonderful night. I was just about in the hallway when an idea popped into my head. And please pass on my regards to Boom Man. Tell him that Dr. Torture will be seeing him again very soon. As I walked down the hallway, I ran, literally, into a man in a suit, carrying flowers. The impact nearly knocked me onto the floor, but I caught my balance at the last second. My men were on him like rabid dogs, drawing their weapons and aiming them at him. Guys, I said, it was an accident. This man meant no harm. So sorry, the man said, looking at the guns as though he was sure that it was his last few seconds on Earth. I didn't blame him. The first time I had guns pointing at me, they were very intimidating. I can be so clumsy at times. He moved away, backpedaling and never taking his eyes off the guns pointed at him. I had my men holster their weapons and turn to leave when I heard him knocking on a door. I turned, surprised to see that he had knocked on the very same door we had just walked out of. He was there to see Miss Dunning. 
Wouldn't Boom Man be jealous to find that his girlfriend was receiving other suitors? I found it funny. Yet there was something about the guy that bothered me. He looked familiar, as though I should know him, but I couldn't place it. Maybe it was the large rim glasses he was wearing, but I couldn't be sure. We left. I spent the next few days trying to research why an alien from another world would receive special powers after arriving on our planet. I wondered if that meant that there were worlds out there where I would receive special powers if I ever visited. I thought that the powers might have come from his spacecraft, but I had no idea where it was hidden. That information had never been given, nor did I think it ever would. I knew that if he was on a ship, no matter how big or how small it was, for 13 years, there was a chance that radiation that the ship gave off could transform his body in many ways, possibly even creating a cancer that could kill him. Unfortunately, that hadn't happened. Instead, he had been given powers that mortal men and women could only dream about. I wanted those powers. I wondered if there was a way I could take them from him, but that was something I would have to think about down the line. Another thing that could have given him those powers was the very fact that he was an alien on a foreign world. His body, no matter how much like human he may have appeared, would have a different composition. His cells weren't human cells. Anything on Earth could act as a power supply to his abilities, whether it be water, oxygen, grass, or even the sun above. Hell, it could even be the greenhouse gases that people like to say are destroying the planet. Wouldn't that be something if the very same things that environmentalists have been complaining about for years could be the very same thing that gave everybody their greatest hero? The idea seems strangely funny to me. There was no way of knowing what caused his superpowers without being able to perform tests on him. To do that, I needed to think outside the box, finding new and creative ways to capture him, or even kill him. Obviously, Everything I'd tried previously hadn't been able to do the job. His strength, speed, durability, or flying capability had always come in the way of my plans. There was no way to take care of each and every power he had, especially that damn boom power he possessed. The sonic boom he gave off had destroyed more than one of my inventions, as though they were made of wet toilet paper. I spent weeks coming up with ideas that I could use against Boom Man, I studied everything that Wendy Dunning wrote in her column, and everything that she or anybody else posted on the internet. I came up with ideas from everywhere and everything, putting them all together like puzzle pieces. I needed something to take care of every last one of his powers. That wasn't going to be an easy task, so I needed to get started as quickly as I could. I went through invention after invention, always making them stronger and faster. No matter what I tried, he was always stronger and faster than what I could build. When it was all said and done, just when I was about to give up, I came up with an idea so wonderful and simple that I couldn't believe that I hadn't thought of it earlier. If I couldn't beat him, I just had to make somebody join him. I decided that there was no machine I could build that was strong enough, so I devised a plan to make me or somebody else of my choosing every bit as strong as him. The plan had holes in it, but I believed that my intellect would allow for me to work around them when the time came. I started by initiating a fight with Boom Man, 
sacrificing three of my men so that they could place a GPS tracker on him. That was the hard part. Being that he was impervious to bullets, I had to devise a way to get it onto him without him ever knowing. First of all, that meant creating the tiniest GPS dot in the world. My scientists were day and night creating a viable solution in the tiniest form factor possible. Next, I had to figure out how to get the dot to stay on him. I thought about getting it to attach to his suit, but his suit needed to come off at some point and go through the wash. That wouldn't work. I also thought about his hair, but he'd need to shower at some point. Just when I was about ready to give up, I thought of something. There had to be a reason why he was impervious to the bullets. Thinking about it for longer than I would care to admit, I realized that his skin had taken on a metallic composition. I wasn't sure what kind of metal his skin could have become, so I created a magnet that could fasten itself to as many metals as possible. I also had to make sure that the GPS dot was waterproof and could handle the elements. From what I understood, Fu Man was able to fly into space, where there was no oxygen and temperatures were so cold that most anything would freeze instantly. My men did as they were told, applying the GPS to Boom Man as they were being apprehended for a bank heist gone wrong. At first, I was unsure whether it would work or not. I waited patiently for some kind of sign that the tracker would pick up the signal, and it would move around properly. I was relieved when I saw the little blue dot on my tracking software move around, heading towards the jailhouse. It was working. From a safe distance, I studied each and every place that Boo Man went, jotting down when and where he was at all times in a database. There were many patterns to where he went. I was shocked to find that he spent large portions of every day at the Crystal City Daily News building. What was he doing there? Was he there every day to see his reporter friend Wendy Dunning? Was he somehow employed there? The thought that he could possibly be somebody else besides Boom Man had never occurred to me before. Was it possible that Boom Man had a secret identity? That was I Am Villain Part 2. We got to learn a little bit more about Dr. Torture and all of his uh, badassery as well as a little bit about Boo Man, the hero in this. And you can kind of tell I took some liberties with the whole hero-villain thing and kind of did a little parodying of some of the superhero genre. I wanted this story to be more about the inner workings and the justification that a supervillain brings into his crimes, into what he does, into what makes him a supervillain. Now, for those of you who have been following me on Twitter or Facebook, you are aware that I have started on a new book. I have started on a new novel. It is a combination of sports and horror, and you are all aware, if you have listened to this podcast for any time in the last year, that I have a football book coming out in the fall, hopefully in the fall, and it's on pace for the fall, let's just say that, and so... I came up with something, an idea that kind of combined my two loves, my football and horror. And so I got something that I'm working on that is really very interesting and combines both things very well. I am about 15,000 words into it, and it is coming out very nice right now. 
I have another story idea that I came up with, and actually two in the last week. So I'm trying to rush through this so I can get to those. I am I'm really interested in getting some of these story ideas written out, and I am going gung-ho with the whole typing now that I have this new laptop that I'm recording on. It, it's very nice, and I'm getting a lot of work done. That's about all I have for you this week. I am going to get going. I'm going to get out of here, and I will be back next week with part three of I Am Villain before we take a week or two off. Before we go, you need to if you need to get a hold of me, you can do so by contacting me at goingpostalpublishing at gmail.com. Send me your questions, your comments, your cheap shots. The Twitter is twitter.com slash goingpostalpub. Facebook is facebook.com slash goingpostalpublishing. That's all I got for you this week, so I will be back next week. Everyone take care, be safe, have fun with your family, and just enjoy life in general. Thank you all for going postal with me. Take care. Bye-bye. This podcast is copyright 2012, Going Postal.